0: Hello, welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's your host, Mm. Akiade Aderile, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Onyekon and Ify. How y'all doing today?
1: Doing alright. I'm doing good. How are you doing?
0: You know, I feel like Beyonce's drunk in love. love?
1: You feel like drunk in love? What
0: we'll be all night. I... Love... Okay.
1: Okay. Okay, it. Wow. I
0: right. um, surfboard,
1: I am feeling surfboard,
0: surfboard <laughs> grinding on it. Please, easy
2: talk. Let's just pretend oh. like you're <laughs> talking. Oh, okay.
1: I am feeling
2: like
1: huh, I had it like literally at the tip of my tongue, and now I'm like kind of confused. I'm feeling like um, Jill Scott, uh, Jill Scott, the way,
0: the way. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. I see. I see. I am feeling like a remix, like a personal remix to new additions. Can you stand the rain? Oh, mine is. You can you stand mean? the snow? Can you stand the snow?
0: Can <laughs> you stand <laughs> the
3: snow? I, feel, slash the weather.
0: I feel
1: you. Okay, it's it's yeah, it's it's been so Yes, yeah. it's been drugs. Anybody
0: Everybody
3: knows yeah. them. Tell, tell me, baby,
0: baby. you? Stand G- in wait. the
1: rain. Um, so, are oh, you can also um kick us off. Uh, just I
0: don't know what just this
1: I don't know. I'm trying to get side of
2: this the... podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going on? Don't okay, okay.
0: I cannot do. Let's get
2: it. Okay.
3: The first story that we're talking about today is brought to you from Zambia. Hey. Zambia's opposition party seeks to impeach the current president, Edgar
2: Lungo. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the opposition party's name is UPND, which stands for United Party for National Development, and they filed a motion to impeach the president for violating the constitution. And This proposal comes during a really bad time. Washington's t- tensions in the southern African nation of Zambia.
2: Mm-hmm. Where
3: the atmosphere has been volatile since the opposition party leader had, had kind day lost a disputed, um, 2016 election to current president Lungu. Mm-hmm. The president spokesman said that the president has not committed any of the offenses that he was called out against mm-hmm. and cannot be impeached. And some of the claims that, you know, uh, the opposition party made against the current president includes that the government his government is accused of taking excessive debt, that his cabinet authorized the purchase of an allegedly overpriced fire trucks and ambulances for interfering with judici- judiciary in November when he war- warned constitutional court judges over mm-hmm. pending ruling on whether he could run for a third term. Um, and then he didn't hand over power to the parliament speaker when he Chilima challenged the 2016 election results. Mm. Which, um, the opposition party says the constitution requires. Um, the motion that the opposition party made against, um, President Lundu got signatures from a third of members of parliament in a, in a member house of 166 Mm. members, but it needs the backing of two thirds of the lawmakers to succeed. Um, it does not have that backing as of now, but the motion is still planned to be debated, um, in the parliament's next session in June um so i i I found this very interesting at the I spent some time in Zambia in twenty fifteen mm-hmm. um and at the time when I got there that was when president President Mgu had just recently started his term his first term i believe okay. um maybe his second I'm, i I'm not sure, but he had just started a term again in January, and he actually first of all came in power by t- his first term, yeah, by taking over from. The previous president before him, President Sata, had just passed away.
2: Mm-hmm. So he
3: that's how he became president the first time around. And he's known to be like a dictator and like just one of the, he claims himself as a dictator. He, it's wow. kind of a, a thing that he, that he likes to be called. Oh. And one time oh, wow. he imprisoned. He imprisoned one member of the opposition party for, for not getting out of the way when the convoy was moving. Ah. It was something ridiculous there. Well, not ridiculous for African leaders, but you know, huh. still kind of ridiculous. So even though the motion doesn't have enough votes to pass, mm-hmm. people still wanted to go to pass because they, people support the fact that President Lungu, you know, is just ridiculous. And mm-hmm. they want to get him out of there. His people have not been happy, um, and this is just based on feedback I got from my good friend Sharon, who's still in Zambia. So I, I reached out, out to her. Shout to out ask. to you, Sharon. <laughs> shout out <laughs> to Sharon. Shout out to
1: Sharon. <laughs> I lived with her while I was there. Uh, so I guess that's the hashtag for today's episode. Shout out to Sharon. <laughs> shout out to, shout out to, Sharon. to oh, Sharon. Shout out to Sharon. Shout out to Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, Sharon. Yeah. Right.
2: Shout out to Sharon.
0: Um, damn. But well, what do you cool. guys think? Uh well I did a little bit of background research on this story as well. Um I was listening to a, a couple of reports on it as well, and it's really just like everything you said. The president's like spokesman, did say he was like, oh, with the whole thing that he threatened the judges, that he wasn't actually threatening the judges. He was just saying that that you know that that their interference would lead to an unpeaceful situation. It was one of those kind of like weird reversal things. You could tell he was the, clearly you know trying to flip the situation, but. Um, you know, it's it's really tough because it's one of those situations where they're ru- literally ruling on its ability to run again and do it that third term, which would be, you know, extending the constitutional limits. Um, so it's 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 really quite messed up. Um, but, yeah, that's all. That's all I got.
1: I don't have anything to say. I'm sorry. Oh.
0: <laughs> that's OK. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So who's taking the next story. So taking the next story. I can go. OK.
1: Uh, Ethiopia names a new prime minister. Um, mm-hmm. Ethiopia's governing coalition uh, named a new leader, Abiy Ahmed, following the resignation of Hal Miriam Uh The state-run broadcasting channel said that the 180-member council of the Ethiopian People's Revolutionary Democratic Front
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, chose Abiy to succeed Hal Miriam as the chairperson of the coalition Meaning he, um, automatically became, uh, the premier. Oh. Um, the EPRDF, wow, that's really long. And yeah. its allies control all 547 seats in Ethiopia's, uh, parliament. Wow. Um, he, Abiy was named the leader of the Oromo People's Democratic Organization, uh, one of the four parties in the coalition of the EPRDF just last month. Um, the three other parties are the Tigaryan People's Liberation Front uh, like um, which Daenerys which Daenerys
0: has, Daenerys
1: has Daenerys. been controlling
3: the let's never
0: mind I'm sorry
3: Okay, let's move. Let's move. I'm let move, so Let move let the tide I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm exhausted.
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I can't even canceled. Um oh, so the the T P LF, which has been controlling um, of the political and economic life in Ethiopia, um, the Amahara uh, National Democratic Movement, ANDM, and the Southern Ethiopian People's Democratic Movement, hmm. the SEPDM. Wow, these are really long names. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I uh, who is expected to become the country's next Prime Minister will be uh, the first member of the Orma ethnic group, uh, which makes up a third of Ethiopia's population, um, to lead the government. The group, which has suffered political and economic uh, repression, has been at the center of protests demanding that more uh, e- demanding more uh, economic opportunities and greater freedom of expression. Um, the country has actually been in a state of emergency um since the former prime minister's resignation in February. Um, so this move is widely seen as sort of like a move to maintain stability um, because Ethiopia has uh, East Africa's largest economy and is a critical player in the regional fight against terrorism. Um, so the challenges that he faces uh, right now um, would be implementing uh, democratic reforms that have uh, been pledged by previous governments and he also has to sort of bridge the differences, um, that have erupted within the ruling coalition, which is something that I think we usually see, um, in a lot of, in a lot of like ruling parties in a lot of countries, not just, you know, not just on the African continent, but you always have like in party tensions and that sort of spills into like, things that the government actually wants to do um but yeah so that's something that he 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 will have to do um asap mm-hmm. so what do you guys think about this story
0: oh, you've lived in ethiopia as so well you want to weigh in well uh, this <laughs> yeah, young,
2: <laughs> young
0: club <laughs> international I, I traveler
2: <laughs> I my sister, yeah. Our
0: parents have money for her, but not for me. But it's cool. Continue.
2: Wow! Wow! <laughs> let's let's, <laughs> let's, let's drag bring drag
0: it up. <laughs> let's bring it up now. <laughs> I'm salty. Um, yeah.
1: Wow! Right, I, I didn't know that we continue. were uh, talk about talk about in party tensions. That's oh, wow. First of all. <laughs> 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 <Good
0: morning. laughs> <laughs> not bad, not bad. Well I
3: like this. First of all, your parents should pay for Ethiopia. to YouTube. Yeah. Mm, oh, I'm sorry. I
0: got a scholarship. So,
1: I, 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 I think I, this I, is
3: um,
0: humble back. Humble back. I see I, Continue. So, Continue.
1: I'm not but, I'm not sure what what the like. What are, uh, we, what are we? What are we doing? Oh, so
0: okay. I sorry, don't know. Sorry, let's focus, <laughs> on focus on the news. I
1: feel. Yeah. Like, like I feel like. Here focus this is the yeah. problem when you're hosting a podcast with siblings wow it's like it's fault, this, it is is fault.
2: Wow. <laughs> this, this, this is what happens
1: this is what happens i feel like i'm like caught in the middle but then mm. also like on the outside because mm. i oh uh, i see
2: it's, it's we don't cool. we don't
3: mean <laughs> to leave that side. Cool. outside like it's just like it is fault. You
2: your, like your parents can
0: it. adopt me please i don't like mine <laughs> I'm not done. Oh, uh, <laughs> all, right. okay. all,
3: right. all right, all right, okay, okay. Let's let's it. Um, disclaimer I haven't actually lived in Ethiopia. I was oh. only there for a month, so I don't know if that counts as living. But um, but I we have been we've been following this story a little bit. Uh, yeah. We've been talking about the um we unrest about the that has been nation. going on in Ethiopia. Yeah. Right, oh, the resignation of the last prime minister, the unrest that. Led up to that and mm-hmm. uh unrest that followed, mm-hmm. and they were going to establish what was that thing? I forgot the words are not coming out of my mouth, the, but do can you think of what I'm saying?
0: The word, I can't uh, remember. We'll, let, let's do a sibling connection, all right? Boom! All right, it's uh the uh national state of emergency,
2: state of emergency, See, yes. I got you, uh,
0: I got
2: you, <laughs> uh,
0: wait. Continue. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I only had one cup of coffee. I should have had four. Ah, ah, why not? All right,
0: continue.
1: But, uh, but I think
3: this move was the right move because one of the, um, large, um, ethnic groups that was, that was, um, matching, well, that was, that were protesting and were, um, at unrest was the Oromo group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of their, one of the reasons why they were unhappy was they felt that they were unrepresented enough, even mm. though they're one of the largest ethnic groups. Yeah. So I think this was the, a right movie, like uniting, um, the party with the rest of Ethiopia, the the group with the rest of Ethiopia and the right movement just in terms of he's, this is a younger guy.
2: He's mm-hmm. 41. Yeah.
3: Um, and I, I think just having a young person that would appeal to but the young people and the old people and all of that, I think, I hope that, you know, this could lead to peace within Ethiopia
0: yeah. Yeah. as we move forward. So I have, a, I have a real quick note on that note as well. Roma is actually the, the largest, they're the largest singular tribe um, in Ethiopia. So they've kind of been the majority, repressed majority, sort of, to some degree. Not a majority, because right. they're just a third, but you know they've they've kind of protested for a long time. In fact, the protests in 2011, where yeah. majority just a Roma people, and it's you know it's a good move, at least a strategically move, good move for the um for the for the coalition to have made someone from that tribe. Um, but I think a lot more action has to happen because you know you can all this you know this stuff can only last so long. Like you put somebody who's from a tribe. As the president, if, if it doesn't actually speak in terms of us having more equality and things like that, you know, people are going to get angry again. Of course, you can't continue being repressive. You know, the the the, the uh, gesture, the olive branch, wouldn't only go so far. So that those are my thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think one thing I'm particularly excited about is that he is young. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that it, he will perform well in his role mm-hmm. um, to sort of be a beacon to other African countries that, you know, younger people um, can lead and do have the best interests of the country mm-hmm. um, at heart and are better at, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say better, but there's just a, a different vibe mm-hmm. that they bring to the table in terms of, you know, like, relationships with other countries in terms of moving the country forward like recognizing um that you know people need certain things and they're able to meet that need um hopefully so um, i'm i'm kind of hoping that he he really performs well in his role and he's able to Bridge those gaps. Yeah.
0: And by function of age too, like if you're president at forty one, you you rule for eight years, you're gonna be alive when if it all goes to crap, you know, does that make sense? So exactly. like you have a little bit of skin in exactly. the game. So I feel that Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there
1: there's definitely like there's definitely a lot
2: to lose. Hmm. So yeah, let me, on your tippy toes. Let me get us into the yeah.
0: next story. So um we're going all the way to the northern part of our continent we are going to Egypt. Uh, Egypt's current president, Abdul Fattah al-Sisi, has been re-elected for a second four-year term. Um, if you recall, uh, pre- uh, President al-Sisi came in on uh, the aftermath of the Arab Spring. Um, he became the president. From my understanding, he was actually initially uh, one of the military rulers at the time. Um, he came, he, he led the military overthrow of Mohammed Morsi, remember he was part of Morsi was part of the uh, Islamic brotherhood that came in right after the uh, The the, uh, uprising the Egypt the Arab Spring Um, So he's coming as president and this is actually quite a fascinating story because I was uh, listening into it Um, He was the he only had one Challenger it was a landslide victory. Um, His challenger was a little known guy named Musa Mustafa Musa um, he won over ninety percent of the votes with the turnout placed at about sixty, about forty-one percent, forty-one percent less than what was seen in twenty fourteen. So um, the turnout was about I, I can I don't know if it was sixty million people, but it was, it was a lot. Of yeah, I think it's actually, about sixty million. About people. sixty million people. So.
1: Mm-hmm. um
0: so he you know he he's become president again the fascinating thing about this story is that you know for him to run uncontested in such a big and huge country um given the number of different political dynamics that are involved in that country is fascinating so i was looking into this um because i was curious like how can he be the sole challenger it turned out that one of the individuals who wanted to run against him was uh taken to jail for a while and then decided he wasn't going to run there was somebody else and these were all very very uh, you know likely people who would have been a serious challenge to him um, just so the point is basically that three of the people who are supposed to contest against him just kind of low key, kind of just fell out of the race at some point um, I mean it all looks very uh, fishy to be honest with you but um, he's won the election um, and uh, you know you know the people who voted for him voted for him so that's um, that's kind of the issue sometimes with democracy um fair and fair elections have to you know they, they 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 can sometimes look a little different from what to expect so this is a free and fair election for the most part but access to the ability to run was significantly limited for some people so um yeah that's that's the story guys thoughts
1: so the access or or the the ability to run uh was it I guess I'm um, I'm kind of wondering if the people who dropped out of the race mm-hmm. did that on their own volition or if they were strong armed into dropping out of the race.
0: Well, um, Cause
1: it doesn't seem. Continue. It doesn't seem like three, four people will just choose to not run anymore because they don't feel like running or they don't, you know what i'm saying it it just seems very sus it it seems (laughs) seems like they were forced yeah yeah Yeah. they're forcefully forced into yeah yeah into not running because it doesn't make any if one person dropped out of a race then it's like okay Okay. one person dropped out but then if three four people and then you're basically uncontested like come on right right, yeah, definitely something going on against
0: himself uh, yeah. Yeah, but actually, Loki even impressive that the other guy got ten percent of the votes because he was pretty much unknown up until right. election, and he announced kind of late. So
2: wow.
0: It was kind of like last minute. I in the ring. Um. So that's uh that's the story. Uh, any any additional thoughts? Or?
2: Um,
3: no, no additional no. thoughts. I think you guys kind of covered everything I wanted to.
0: bet, bet. bet. <clears throat> you got the next story. Take off there.
3: I've got the next story. Well, mm-hmm. I could get the one afterwards, but um, wow. the next story.
0: Is, yeah. If, if the, you want to, next... we, could, we could shuffle around. If you want to take this story, sure,
1: yeah, right. absolutely. I love Angola, okay. Um, okay. and it is,
2: sorry, okay.
0: this family in
1: particular. Okay, <laughs> kill me. Um, so the son of Angola's former president, President Jose Eduardo Dos Santos, you trash really just wanted was, to say that name. You uh, really just wanted
0: to say that name. I could tell. I could tell. All right, go ahead. Dos
1: Santos, uh, has been charged with fraud over an alleged illegal transfer of $500 million wait, 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 while wait, he was wait, in charge. Wait, wait, of the wait, wait. How countries much did you say? You can't just skip past $500 million.
0: Dollars. Say it with your chest. $500 million.
1: Dwellers, yes. I can't breathe. Um, so, oh, Jose Fil- Filomeno <laughs> Dos Santos is accused of fraud, mm. misappropriation of mm. funds, money laundering, and associating with criminals. Mm. Um, he is nicknamed Zenú, Zenu. Um, which I'm hoping is <laughs> it, uh, translates to thief. So. Um, but he was appointed to head the five billion dollar um, oil field. Uh, sovereign fund by his father in two thousand and thirteen. Um mm. but then he was then sacked uh by the current president of Angola, uh mm. President Zhao
2: mm.
1: uh Lorceno, who yeah. took power in January and that's something that we covered um
0: Yeah we did just
1: saying <laughs> how
0: how good it was that um,
1: this trash family was finally not in power yeah, anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah. remember what, um sorry remember <laughs> when people were his sister as the richest woman in Africa?
1: Yep, 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 Nons- all trash. Nonsense.
0: Nonsense um, The dude.
1: former central bank governor, um, Volta Felipe da Silva, was charged alongside Filomeno dos Santos. Um, the suspect transfer was made from the funds account um, with the central bank um, to a London branch of uh, Credit Suisse, which I assume is the name of a bank. Yeah. Um, uh-huh, but the money was... Su- uh, Sorry, i
0: don't
1: I have, know i have
0: accounts
1: with them but the money was later returned to uh, angola um a judge ordered that the two accused be released on bail and forced to surrender their passports
2: hmm.
1: this family is just i don't know like uh. i feel like i feel like a um netflix um, autobiographical mm. movie or like a documentary mm. um should be made about them i just don't understand how it's it's basically one family like siphoning all the funds in the country yeah, yeah. and coming out and then saying that oh you know we're like so hard working and like mm-hmm. blah 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 like it's just his sister is also, like, deeply embroiled in corruption. The mm-hmm. father is right, deeply you, we embroiled cover, in corruption. We covered some story on the sister yeah, too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel did like it? every other yeah. month, like, yeah. this family is always coming up because there's... People oh, be we stealing. just found out that they laundered additional money in addition to the $500 billion they already laundered in the country. So, yeah, just all trash. Um, I hope that they are actually persecuted mm-hmm. um, and not just charged. Yeah. Um, because one one thing that we again see with a lot of african countries is um people will get charged left and right it's but, yeah, not necessarily no, yeah. a thing we <laughs> to be charged it happens for exactly exactly like there needs to be like actionable consequences mm-hmm. if they're going to charge him persecute him show us the evidence <clears throat> throw his ass in jail because he's trash yeah. and he needs to be in jail like yeah. one of these people who need to be in jail so that people realize that there are actually consequences yeah. for what they're doing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And I think that's, what, that's one of the biggest issues that we have. So, yeah, that's that's really all I have. Trash. Mm-hmm.
0: I have nothing to add, as well. uh, yeah. it I
3: think I agree with everything you said, but I think if one of them is thrown in jail the next day, they'll be out. Because this family obviously has their hands deeply entrenched into the system that is Angola. Yeah. So I think that well, as much as I would like to see justice against them, against all their wrongdoing, I don't know how well that would except if they were like imprisoned in another country, I don't know how well that would come yeah. out. Yeah.
1: I think I think one one um I don't know how effective this would be, but I think if they were charged in international courts, mm. right. I think that would make some sort of difference. Right. Um, I really don't see like any of these corruption cases going anywhere if they keep getting charged in the country that the corruption right. accord and they have that much power. But anywho, so let's move on.
3: Right. Okay. Our yeah. next story... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our next story <laughs> is from... Our home country, Nigeria. The mm. Dabjik girls were released by Boko Haram. Mm. Yay! Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, you don't sound enthusiastic. I'm, yeah, was, I'm I'm
0: very happy that Yeah. That happened. Honestly. Yeah. Exhausted. But <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, continue. Yeah, I feel you.
3: Early last week on Wednesday, nearly all of the uh, 110 schoolgirls that were adopted by the Boko Haram in Yobe A north north northeastern state in Nigeria, where they were abducted last month, were released by armed groups on Wednesday, last Wednesday. The girls were abducted after fighters stormed the government science and technology school in Dapsi on February nineteenth. The Boko Haram militants drove the girl the girls Adon back into Dapsi, where they were seized and handed them over to their parents after preaching a sermon to the parents to shun Western education and not take their girls back to school. Mm -hmm. The government said on Wednesday that 101 of the 110 girls have been freed. I think about five of them died on their way of suffocation when they were forced into a packed truck during the abduction. Mm -hmm. The Boko Haram groups are still believed to be holding at least one other girl for refusing to um relinquish her Christianity and convert to Islam. Uh, Lai Mohammed, Nigeria's information minister said that no ransoms were paid, uh, to get the girls back. He said that the girls were released through back channel efforts and with the help of some friends of the country. And it was unconditional. Part of the agreement, though, to release the girl, part of the agreement made with the Boko Haram group to um, release the girls was a des- decision against using military confer- confrontation.
1: Guys, that's <laughs>
3: hey.
1: like oh my God. I okay, so this is the thing. I I'm happy the girls are back with their parents. Um I cannot begin to imagine what the parents or what their parents felt um not having you know, not, not knowing like the welfare of their children. Mm. But I just find it incredibly incredulous that Boko Haram will just drive into town In broad daylight Mm -hmm. um a town that was yeah like a town that was attacked barely a week before um they drive back into the town in their trucks and they're just like so guys um we know we came in like last week and like you know we took y'all's kids but here are your kids and like let's just go through (laughs) here are most of your
2: kids (laughs) yeah like
1: here are most of your kids and like let's just you know, have like a religious lesson real quick. No. Peace out, and then they drive out of the town, and it's like, like, are we supposed to be happy that our security forces are uh, yeah. not necessarily doing what they're like? I don't not understand how i can just drive in into the town and 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 drive out and right. the is, like, and that's not an issue.
2: Yeah,
1: it's it, it just. It's just like the math is just not adding up. Yeah. Like it, the, the math is just not adding up in any way, shape, or form. Um, and even before the girls were returned, um, I believe Bu- did Buhari make the trip before or, or after the girls were returned?
0: Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I think
1: he, I. I, I think know. it was before the girls oh, were really? returned. I think it was um, before because the girls are expected
3: to go Mr. him right. after. Yeah. Right
1: um and i saw pictures of that on social media again so social media is amazing um because we get to see how trash our presidents really are um and um our president decided when he was going to go see uh the parents of adopted of abducted girls um that a red carpet would be um just totally appropriate for for the celebration of girls being kidnapped it's just so it's things like that that make me very unsure about how to react. Like, yeah. on one hand, I'm happy the girls are back with their parents. On another hand, I'm just completely confused as to how Bukaram can just drive into dr- drive into town where they kidnap girls from and then drop them off and then hang out and chill and take fan pictures and so, then leave.
0: So, so I think that part of the part of the issue is that. Is that so? Even there's a the backstory to how Boko Haram going on with, within Boko Haram right now, and I've been doing a little bit of research on it myself. Um, it, it seems like, or not, it seems like Boko Haram has effectively splintered into two groups one backed by ISIS and one not quite backed by ISIS. Apparently, one's, one of them, kind of the original group led by uh, Abu Bakr, I believe that's his name um or or somebody like i I can't remember what his name escapes me at this time but he's kind of the 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 person who came after the original leader um and that person they're very extreme they're the ones that are being beaten back in the northern in the uh, sambisa forest there's now a separate group that's being funded by um that's being funded by isis and that group apparently was a group that made the kidnapping um they are apparently i mean if this if, if reasonable is a term that is referred to 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 terrorists apparently the more reasonable yes. terrorist group and a less a, at least a little less extreme are more trying to negotiate for resources at this point in time they're trying to get the money so they can do more killing later so um you know apparently this was a group that made this capture and apparently maybe the person the 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 article didn't necessarily make the connection but said that that's perhaps Puts an explanation possibility out for why that might have been negotiated. However, I am very surprised um, by the. I think I think the, the Nigerian government has a fair assessment of its own capacity at this moment in time, and knows that if there were to be to be two versions of Boko Haram actively attacking it at the same time, it probably would you know, the Nigerian government would near them near capitulate. Truly um it can't handle that at this point in time i don't think it can so i, I suspect that that might be what happened it's still a- entirely unacceptable um you know for for even the kidnapping to have had it happen in the first place because there were apparently military checkpoints on that route before that pulled out not too long before the actual abductions happened so there, there's a whole lot of fishy stuff happening but uh, i just wanted to give a little yep, background so on, about that yeah
1: about that i can't remember the name of uh, I don't know if he is a senator or if he was part of some sort of government agency, hmm. um, but he was basically making this speech. And again, this is something I saw on social media. Um, okay. He was making this speech about how people need to start arming themselves and getting ready for.
0: Was it a? Uh, was it? Was basically,
1: it? basically getting ready for war. Um, and he he also said that um, that a lot of security. Forces
0: help uh,
1: and aid Boko Haram, right, um, it, so it was, I don't uh, think I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility um, that security forces were present
0: hmm.
1: when Boko Haram just decided to take a jolly ride the, through town, to town.
0: Right, and
1: right. kidnap girls and then it, like in the same vein bring them back. Huh. Um, I just. I just don't think that it's either Buhari is not aware or he just doesn't care. And I, I really think it's the latter because he, he just doesn't act like someone who cares about, um, what his citizens are going through. But we could just leave that till the end of the episode because I have, yeah, I have a few fuckies to dish out.
0: Okay. Yes, ma'am but, um, yeah, I I, 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 it's, yes, it was General Danjuma, that's what, so, yeah. yeah, former, general, that former, yeah, it was a former chief of staff of, uh, of, yeah, of, uh, General Yakubo, I believe, so, so sorry, it was a former chief of staff and, uh, Minister of Defense, his name is Yakubo Danjuma, so that was him kind of just being candid about the state of the nation, anyways, anyways, which was
1: callous too,
3: but let's to move on,
0: yes, um, Onika, do can you have any additional thoughts, or can we roll into the next story?
3: I think we can roll into the next story. Okay, right. covered it all. All
0: right. So, um, unfortunately, uh, and this happened today, um, it is my great, with great sadness, that I report that Winnie Madikizela Mandela has died at the age of eighty-one. Um, Winnie Mandela was the was a South African anti-apartheid activist. Um, she was critical in the emancipation of the black people in South Africa from, uh, uh, from, from apartheid, e- effectively uh, governmentalized slavery. Um, the family said in a statement that she passed at the Net Care Mill Park Hospital in Johannesburg, South Africa, after a long illness for which she had been in and out of hospital since the beginning of the year. Um, She was one of the greatest icons of the struggle against her apathy. She fought valiantly against the apartheid state and sacrificed her life for the freedom of the country. She was known as the mother of the nation because of her struggle against white minority rule in South Africa. You might know her because she was also married to Nelson Mandela for 38 years. I purposefully framed the story by talking about her initially prior to talking about her marriage to Nelson Mandela because I think she was incredibly significance separately from her marriage to Mandela she was a freedom fighter she was you know so many things but she did have a relationship she was married to Nelson Mandela and actually was married to him throughout the 27 years he was imprisoned um on an island near Cape Town she herself was even exiled within her country a very cruel form of a, pitied, uh, a apartheid uh, a punishment where they essentially uh, made her, essentially said she could only leave stay on her house. They said, you know, so she, she essentially exiled within her own country. Um, she had two daughters with Nelson Mandela. Um, she was a long-time stalwart of the ruling African National Congress political party. And she was a member of, the, of South Africa's parliament at the time of her death. Um, although the activity, a- activists who suffered from diabetes saw the rise of a new, more equitable South African political system, during her lifetime, she did unfortunately happen to be entangled in some controversy during her lifetime. Um, I, you know, all of this stuff is, uh, is really saddening because of how critical and how important she was as a woman. Um, and how consequential her life was. Um, so, yeah, that's that story. Um, guys, thoughts?
3: I, um, when I saw this story break this morning, it really... It made me sad and almost selfishly so, um, because you know, when they ask you the question, who is one person that you like to have dinner with and pick their brains? Mm. Winnie Mandela was it for me. Like, she was almost the only person, woman on my list. Cause it, not only was she like, um, a fighter, like an anti-apathy side fighter mm. during that time, but while, um, Mandela was in prison, she was effectively the one one of the people raising his voices, like pushing him. She made him the face, one of the faces for um of the movement, right? And she she fought in that in in that way. Um fought by his side and for him throughout the twenty seven years. And yes, she she did some bad things during the later part of her years. But one thing that I don't like is how people have suddenly used that to cloud any good that she did during the time that she was alive. And um especially when I saw the story this morning, a lot of the reports just started out with, oh uh uh, Winnie Mandela, an apple an anti appetite activist and former wife of Mandela died. That was the those were the headlines I saw. And they didn't didn't portray they didn't capture how 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 amazing her life has been, how, mm. you know, exciting, good and bad that her life has been, like how, how involved she has been in the development of South Africa as a nation. Mm. And so, you know, it saddens me in both regards that her story wasn't captured well enough by a lot of the news outlets and the fact that she passed away and I couldn't get to have dinner with her. But did.
2: yeah.
0: She had such a tough life, truly. I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah, she did. You know, Mandela himself was was on the terrorist list up until like two thousand and eight. It's a little known fact, but you know these were people that were not liked by the powers that the Period. And right. to stand up against that, you know, was just incredible. And, um, right.
3: And she was so, never portrayed well he, in that movie somebody. that they did of them. She oh, she, she no, was yeah. never captured. Uh, was it the movie Winnie? I yes, that? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Or the one or that was about both of them. She was there, she was always portrayed as being just angry, and oh, she started off well, but her motives changed. But and I don't think right. that's necessarily true, you know. So right. uh,
2: sad
0: it's, it's, it's to see her go, anyways.
2: Yeah.
0: Alright, uh, Ify, some thoughts.
2: I
1: I'm very sad about this. Um I basically everything Oyinkant said. Um, it's just, it's sad that I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out the best way to frame this, but it's sad to see someone that, you know, you've looked up to. I think growing up, she was one of those people that, um, that was a woman to look up to who was doing great amazing work but not doing great amazing work for herself I think she's she's one of the few examples that we have where we see you know women fighting to make change that affects not just them not just their families but trying to move the country forward trying to fight for equality um and to see that in an African woman nonetheless is just really amazing um it it's sad to hear that she was also brought in corruption and like all of those things um, but I think it's, it's something that I've, I've sort of mentioned before where it kind of sucks when all the good things that you, like, people will always remember the bad things you do first for some reason. Um, yeah, well, uh, but, but, but she definitely. Especially as a yeah. woman. It's, it's exactly. exactly. That's, a woman and that's what, you know. Um, and even before, like, you, you do see, you know, that, that portrait of, like the angry black woman and Mm -hmm. it it just sucks because like like when you said like she when when mandela was away she was one of the few who was spearheading the movement Mm -hmm. who was making sure that his his voice was being amplified um sometimes even above hers
2: Mm -hmm. um
1: which is a sacrifice that we often see a lot of african women make Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just it it's really sad to see her go and I hope that we will be able to get some, uh, some positive views, um, or more positive views, um, about her life, um, shown around the world and not just the salacious headlines that we're seeing right now. Yeah. But yeah, hope she rests in peace.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh... Oh, so who's taking the next story
1: this time? I think I'm next. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Botswana has a new president. Hey. Um, on Sunday, Botswana swore in its Botswana swore in its fifth president. Um, a retired teacher. His name is Mukwetsi Masisi. Um, he was the former vice president, and he's taking over from the former army general. Um, Ian Kama, who stepped down Saturday after ruling the country for a decade. Um, Masisi noted that the administration's top priorities will be to address the problem of unemployment, especially among young people who constitute majority of our population. Um, poverty, crime, HIV, AIDS, alcohol, uh, drug abuse, amongst others, are, are uh, the administration's top priorities. I um, mean, he's 55 years old and he will remain the president of the country for 18 months, um, before the national elections scheduled, uh, for October 2019. Um, and Bots- Botswanas will vote for their members of parliament and then the party with the majority of votes in turn elects a president, which I think is an interesting way to, to elect a president. Um, but yeah. I think it's cool that, oh, I think it's interesting to cool the right word, um, that he is trying to address the issues um, uh, concerning public health, so HIV, AIDS, um, alcohol, and drug abuse. That's something that we're starting to see become more prevalent on the continent. Um, drug abuse is rising, um, and I think it... It'll, It'll be interesting to see if Botswana can sort of like set a precedent on how to address some of those issues. Hmm. Um, because a lot of countries are not necessarily talking about it in the way that I expect that they, that they should be talking about it because it's, it's a public health problem. Um, but yeah, we'll see how he does these next few months. Okay. What do you guys yeah. think?
0: Oh, well, as always, like uh, proceed with caution. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now so to I to believe in people left. So do Proceed with caution. We're
1: so tired. Like yeah. this. This is just. It's, it's. like playing the same old tape over and
0: yeah. over again. That's all I got. Any thoughts? Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah. The same thing. Proceed with caution. Um. I think it's nice to see a president that has a slightly different background from what people are used to—a retired teacher, yeah. but same same as I said again proceed with caution because these Africans be crazy man William mm. oh, yeah. all
0: right uh next story I'm going to go on to your time
3: next story Nigeria fix
0: the summary version of this story because this thing is a <laughs> is a is a long time all through. right
3: will you let me talk please yeah, thank you <laughs> Nigeria seeks to probe, um, into alleged, into an alleged involvement in its elections by Cambridge Analytica. Um, I'm sure everyone has heard something about Cambridge Analytica by yeah. now. Yeah. They have apparently been using Facebook to gather data from people on, un- unbeknownst to the people that they're gathering data from. So essentially, if your friends fill out some survey. Um, they can automatically get your data as well as well as your friends and um use it for various reasons. Um, but they have also been tampering with various countries' elections and Nigeria is one of them. Um, Nigeria seeks to investigate into our last two elections, 2015 and 2017, um, hmm. because they believe that the that company, the political consulting company, Cambridge Analytica, um, was involved. Improperly in, um, the elections. The U- UK based company is facing allegations that improperly access data from social media websites to target voters prior to the US presidential election and the Britain's Brexit referendum in 2016. Um, but in Nigeria, the government committee is looking into claims that, um, SCL elections, a Cambridge Analytica affiliate organized and selection rallies to dissuade opposition supporters from voting in 2007. Um, this was said by Gabba Shehu a spokesman for President Mohamedou Buhari. My, Hello, president. But, oh. <laughs> my own president. My own president. I don't know why this is so hard for me. He, um, he said that he would examine claims that Buhari's personal data was hacked in 2015. When he was an opposition candidate in the election. Somewhat two
0: does have email. <laughs> Good. <ahead. laughs>
3: the, the investigation would also look into whether the company, um, the company's work for the election campaigns of the then willing PDP party, People's Democratic Party, broke Nigerian's law or infringed on the rights of other parties and their candidates. Hmm. Depending on the outcome, criminal prosecutions might result. Um, PDP candidate Candidates, um, Yaradu, who won, Yaradua, who won the 2007 presidential ballot. Um, he died in office in 2010 and was succeeded, succeeded, uh, by his deputy, Gulag Junatan. Um, but also as a sidetrack, Cambridge Analytica was also accused of being involved in the Kenya election, um, in the past two elections as well. Um, and the, the companies, is apparently the the company whose parent company is SEL Group apparently played a critical role in president Kenyatta's two campaigns and getting them getting him into office in a video Mark Turnbull who is like a Cambridge analytical executive said the company twice in branding. Oh somebody twice me
0: to...
3: sorry my um yeah, headphones went out for a second. No so I see. They twice rebranded, um, the speeches, um, and his poli- political platform and twice conducted surveys of 50,000 people to assert Ken- Kenyans and fears and manipul in favor of, of uh, Mr. Kenyatta. Um, there was also another article that says that these allegations, even though Cambridge Analytica was involved, that their involvement would not as I like to think, uh, uh. flash in the river, and, and of the two elections. For instance, this article said that in Nigeria, for instance, the company was brought to save President Jonathan in twenty in the twenty fifteen elections, and he still lost. Like he lost by lots. Yeah. So the reason why this article thinks that um, Cambridge Analytica's involvement was not really that effective in the Kenyan elections is because the vast majority of Kenyans are not actually on Facebook. So there's no reason to believe that hmm. that would have affected the election results And um, and large scale. Um, it's also important to notice that one of the reasons, one of the ways Cambridge Analytica tried to uh, manipulate the elections in Kenya and Nigeria, for instance, was by spreading like false and negative narratives about the opposition parties that mm-hmm. they were campaigning against. And this tactic is not really effective in African countries for because especially for Nigeria where it's like less less up to evils, you know? That's like, oh he's bad, he's also bad. <laughs> so like telling somebody other oh, person is bad doesn't really Yeah, exactly. And also because um, in a lot of these countries, what the people campaigning have to do is just like give people money or buy them stuff and they won them over, even if they're bad. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the points made by this article that, um, um, bad mad, bad, bad mouthing the opposition parties are not as effective. So mm-hmm. there's no reason to believe that Cambridge Analytica's involvement played a large part in the election results.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, uh,
3: but uh, what do you guys think? And what do our listeners think? Because I would like to hear back from our listeners as well. Do you think that, you know, Cambridge Analytical's involvement was really that deep or, you know, was really that effective in our elections? Do you think it can be? You know, But uh, 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 what do you guys think, first of all?
1: I think it could be for younger voters who are more active on social media, because um, we see a lot of younger Africans being more active on social media. Um, if it if it's not Facebook, it it will be Twitter. You know, it could be YouTube the type of videos that people watch. Um, I think there's definitely ways to source um, the type of data that would tell them, you know, like what voters are looking for, like what voter concerns are, and then they brand the candidate's message to to basically like fit that aesthetic. Um the only the the only issue I have with with the um with the Nigerian elections um in particular and um the story about um the quote unquote the probe into Cambridge Analytica. Um just knowing knowing how Nigerians think, knowing how um I guess I won't say like, oh, well, I know how the Nigerian pol- political system works, but this just seems like a fishing expedition to make PDP, like, to just give PDP some shit, like, ahead of the upcoming 2019 elections. Like, I'm not saying PDP is like a great party or like, they, they, they're not without sin, mm-hmm. but I just feel like, like, how are you going to probe what their involvement in the election is, mm-hmm. is, is my first question. Like, I feel like there are, like a lot of questions to be asked about to be asked about you know what the investigation will look like. But I I just think that um, I I think that the Buhari administration is full of shit. So I don't believe that they that the investigations will be you know handled
2: properly. But we'll see. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, that
0: you know, there's no point. You are four years into your term. You're three years into your term. Why are you still litigating an election you won?
1: And I'm sure this is not the first that they are hearing of this. So it's just like, oh, now that, you know, shit has hit the fan, they they want to become involved and they want to make it seem like, oh, this affected us when they most likely know that it didn't. I mean, there is no way the Buhari administration can tell us that they did not do some rigging. And I'm sure that they may have also used some other company as well to basically do the exact same thing. So I just feel like this is just a little ball.
3: Yeah, Yeah, they did. In Kenya, for instance, the opposition party also had their own um, analytical company that they used in their elections. It's just, I guess theirs wasn't as effective as Cambridge Analytica. All right.
0: right. Well, um, let's move on to the next story. Uh in our what seems to be our final story of the evening, uh Israel says that uh it will be sending sixteen thousand African migrants to Western countries. If you're familiar with this story, uh, there's kind of been this uh Israel has Israel has had a plan to deport African migrants back to the African back to African countries and they reached with an an agreement with the UN Refugee Agency to cancel that initial plan and to send more than sixteen thousand to western countries instead. Other migrants, many of whom are seeking asylum, will be allowed to remain in Israel for at least the next five years. Uh, The Prime Minister has said in a a statement. uh, The fate of some 37,000 Africans in Israel has posed a moral dilemma for a state founded as a haven for Jews from persecution and a national home. Right-wing government is under pressure from its nationalist voter base to expel the migrants, and while others are calling for them to be taken in. Um, in February Israel started actually handing out notices to about twenty thousand male migrants, African migrants, giving them two months to leave the country or risk being thrown in jail. Um the Israeli government has asked as of all immigrants thirty five thousand three thousand five hundred dollars and a plane ticket. So what it says is another is a safe destination in in sub Saharan Africa. Um which Israeli media reports identified as Rwanda uh Generally, the story has, you know, been been, been kind of crazy. Um, a lot of African immigrants have made, sorry, migrants have made it all, all the way to Israel through the through their border with uh, Egypt, um, and uh, now Israel has actually built a fence over that over the past over its border with Egypt, which has generally stopped African migrants from entering the country um, since two thousand and four. Prior to to which, um, almost six 64, at least a total of 64,000 Africans had made to Israel, all those thousands have since left. Um, so hey, if you, you know, unfortunately, it seems like uh, portions of the right-wing Israeli government have decided to take a very Donald Trumpian approach. And this is if you've followed up the news, you know that this is what has been happening. And I think it's thoroughly unfortunate for a, a country whose moral standing and it's uh, existence was based on the fact that it created a safe haven for people who needed a home. Um, it, it's it's very unfortunate that this is the stance that they've chosen to take. Um, however, the the, the, uh, the silver lining is this change in policy, where the sixteen thousand of them will be sent to Western countries instead. Um, what are your thoughts, guys? I
2: guess
1: for me, um, the only the only issue that i have with a lot of these countries trying to sort of like control immigration and migration is um it's only an issue when the migrants and the immigrants are people of color yeah. um you you cannot tell me that you know people from germany i don't know if people from it's but you cannot tell me that like jews from europe are not trying like are, are, are not moving to israel or from other parts of the world, like from the United States, but when it's Africans or other people of color, it, mm. it just always has to be like this nationalist movement. Um, I don't know. Like, I hope that I'm hoping that, you know, with the UN involved, um, that they sort of make sense of the situation. Um, and they do right by these people. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm also not too hopeful um, with all of the refugee crises going on around the world. So we'll follow it and see how it goes. Um,
3: I agree with if you said sentiments. In fact, it said a lot of what I was going to say. Um, while I want to be optimistic about the fact that the migrants are being sent to Western countries, we also know that a lot of Western countries are beginning to tighten their um, policies on migration into their countries and how they treat foreigners especially from our from African countries so I don't know I mean the UN is um spearheading this and is you know um trying to see that this migrants get to somewhere safe but still I don't know that it's it's a good play but I don't know that it will work out well I guess that's what I'm trying to say but I hope it does
0: would you guys like to discuss this last kind of snippet of news, or should we leave it till later?
3: Now, I have headache, so <laughs> if you too want to discuss this, it just gives
0: me headache. Fair enough. Leave uh, it to you too. If you, you're passionate on this topic, how about you going? Tell them. Um, well, actually, this is your this segment. Is this segment. is your segment. Yeah. Hey, there
1: we go.
3: Thank God, you. The, the segments.
1: Um, so I would like uh, this particular fuck you to sort of like be branded <laughs> in like that edible arrangement, like basket, like okay. bowl, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just Tasty. dropped off delicious and and just dropped off um, at the office of uh, Muhammadu Buhari because he's so full of shit. Um, so and Mm-mm-mm-mm. also. And also, I guess we could sort of like make this like a two for one. Two for one. Um, we could wow. send one to Ambade's office and one wow. to Buhari's office. Wow. Um, I, <laughs> I don't understand how Ambade thought like in any. I don't know what his people are like telling him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ambade apparently decided, and Ambade is the governor of Lagos State uh, for those who don't know, but um, he basically decided that, you know, Um, in his three years of being governor um, Mm -hmm. that the bus stop uh, was a great thing to celebrate Um, the buses (laughs) will not be arriving for the next six months by the way but you know like let's just go ahead and like cut a red ribbon um, and let's invite the president and let's shut down the whole state for two days um, because the president is uh, in town, um, the president met with Naomi Campbell. Um, hey. He shook her hand, hey. um, and this is this is our president who doesn't shake the hands of women because it's can disrespectful
2: uh,
1: uh, to his religion. But you know, like who can for, who can for resist Campbell? Um, Naomi Campbell? Hey. Um, so yeah, he hey. he you. shook her hand. Um, they right. shut the shakedown, down, right. caused immeasurable traffic. Right. Um, he also um, in the same week <laughs> received a fake. Um,
2: this is, is the embarrassing Oh
3: my god
1: <laughs> it's a mlk award um mm-hmm. oh, boy. mlk center came on twitter and said that uh, we actually have no idea uh, yeah, like, what no. your president like, is no, talking no, about <laughs> so it's just wow. it's just buhari just needs to stop being an embarrassment to the country like wow. at this point it's like you are you're, you're, you're not doing anything um you go see parents of people who are kidnapped and you walk on a red carpet you go to the economic center of the country and you shut the state down for a day. Mm. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. He still hasn't, like, he still hasn't passed the budget. They have no idea. Uh, Like, like they they haven't done... There was was this competition on Twitter about, oh, if anyone can tell me one thing that the Buhari administration has, like, one project they have initiated and carried out to completion... There's absolutely nothing. Wow. So at this point, it's just, I don't understand Zola. what Buhari is doing and what his people are telling him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hashtags for Buhari for now.
0: Hey. That's and awesome. that's
1: all I have. All
0: right. Yeah. Okay. That is it, guys. Thank you so much. For listening that was very extensive, Iffy. Thank that, you. That was a very thorough. You analysis. are welcome. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I hope uh, they enjoy the edible arrangements. Um, yeah <laughs> so guys thanks for coming and listening i know this was a lengthier episode but we had a lot to cover it's been a very very fascinating past two weeks and a lot has happened i hope we yeah, keep you informed and uh, thank you and for tweet me. us your
1: thoughts let us know what you think yeah. about any of the stories
0: yeah right uh, bye guys